Here we go again, Wallers. This is episode 171 of the Speed Mentor podcast. And you're back, or at least I hope you're back for your monthly download of all the usual good stuff. And when I'm talking about the good stuff, you know what I'm talking about. You know, when you're in France, you want the cheese. Well, come to think of it, you normally get a bit of, che- a bit of cheese on this show. And if you're in Japan, you want the sushi. If you're in Italy, you want the pizza. And perhaps you even want the Frankfurter when you're in Germany. Back here in Ireland, all you want is some Guinness or a potato. But when you're here in Walrus, it's a secret freaking sauce. That's what you want to be bathed in. And I normally give you lashings of that in every single episode. But today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. And I'll tell you why we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, As you know from listening to me, um, Chief Walrus... Gavin Wall, um, I'm not a big, big consumer of other people's content. I'm more of a producer, just as you should be yourself. I like cataloging my narrative to inspire others, but always, I always get the, some value added back to myself from doing that for others. But even though I consume only a small amount of content, other people's content, I have to say that I'm getting bombarded absolutely bombarded with mindset coaches from fucking left, right and centre at the minute. And I'm only consuming a tiny bit of content. And whilst I'm one for keeping things positive at all times, and I really do subscribe to working on personal development and getting your mindset right, uh, honestly, some of the fucking garbage I'm seeing out there at the minute from some and some of the fucking monosyllabic nonsense from other tubes is really, really starting to worry me. Now, there are definitely a role for coaches um, uh, who don't need to have achieved at the highest level, but a coach can coach you to be the best best version of yourself, and then there's mentors, and when you're looking for a mentor, you should be looking for somebody who's achieved significantly more than you, and done so in a way that's complementary and compatible to your own ethos and the way that you conduct your own life. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that, just Buyer beware, do your freaking research, folks. And I kind of see my role at the current time as, it's, it's not one of mentoring as such, or not direct mentoring anyway, because unfortunately I don't have to do, I don't have the time to do something that I love because I'm just too busy on the entrepreneurial front. But one of actually evidencing, evidencing to you what can be achieved if you work on yourself, dream big, bring the philosophy into your life and get resilient as fuck. And all the things that we have discussed time and time again on all of the episodes to date. This is episode 171, so 170 previous episodes. And I'm also over there on LinkedIn every day. By the way, check out my stories on LinkedIn. I'm flat to the mat on LinkedIn stories, as I was saying uh, the other month. Check them out. I'm still doing that, and it's really great. Now, unfortunately, as I say, I don't have the time right now uh, to mentor anyone because I'm really too busy getting shit done real shit not make-believe shit on the gram actual fucking shit but it's a really important part of my entrepreneurial journey to show that crazy shit can happen when you apply yourself in the right way like i do look 
I'm no different to any of you. I, I'm just I'm just fighting a little bit harder. I'm just risking a little bit more. I'm just carving out a little more time to learn. I'm just being a bit more consistent on the daily. I'm just building a slightly better team around me. That's all it is. That's the marginal gain of that little bit of extra effort in every department and compounded over an extended period of time. And that's what leads to the outsized fucking results. Now, in this episode, I want to talk about some of the delivery, some of the actual delivery that's happening in my life right now to evidence to you what is achievable if, like me, you fight a little harder, risk a little more, carve out a little bit of more learning time, be a bit more consistent on the daily and build a slightly better team around you. Because that's what we're all fucking here for. Creating abundance and opportunity in everything that we do. Now, the caveat, the caveat before I start, start a review of what's going on in my entrepreneurial life, and I want to make this absolutely crystal clear, uh, most of what you'll hear, most of what you hear in all of the episodes, and then the rest of this episode in particular, is created, fostered, iterated, driven, suckered by that's suckered, not S-U-C-K-E-R-D, suckered, S-U-C-C-O-U-R-E-D, by other amazing people that I have in my entrepreneurial life and in my personal life who I'm lucky enough to facilitate all of this good stuff, okay? And they've actually delivered most of it themselves, in truth. Now, success is a team sport, and do not ever forget that, and nor will I. And as regular listeners will know, my working life is fully subsumed in the change. Okay, I have a 10 year project, myself and Andrew and the team, 10 years, and we have three limbs to the change, the change innovation, change transformation and change venture capital. But I did found a little company, um, uh, another business known as uh, The Wall Group, which I do want to mention briefly in this episode today. And it's totally self-managed um, business by an incredible set of teams in The Wall Group. Uh, it's based in North Belfast and employs about 135 people, spa stores, subway stores, post office and a few other bits and pieces. Uh, and they're so good that even though I've only been uh, with the teams a couple of times over the last sort of 15 months, in fact, they're better at running it than I was when I was running it um, myself. So they do it without me, and they're actually better. I mean, their margins are better. Their payroll is better. Their people development is better. Their career progression is better. The only part, actually, where I can possibly touch them from when I used to run it is actually uh, customer service, because that was always good. That was always really something I was really, really absolutely particular about when I ran the business. Now, uh, uh, to be honest, this is the holy grail, and I've talked about it before, the holy grail for all entrepreneurs is to make yourself redundant. But to do that, you must hire really great people to make that happen. But I just wanted to share a little bit of news um, from the Royal Group. Uh, just at the sort of start of this episode, and that was that because it is newsworthy. That was that they've commenced the build. Uh, commenced just last week, actually Monday of last week, of a new five thousand square foot uh, petrol filling station. And Cleary's contracting is actually building that for the Wall Group, and there's a convenience store, five thousand square foot convenience store in North Belfast. And also, actually happening on that site, on the same site, is the construction of ten 
family homes. Now, there's going to be in that store, there's going to be a double counter daily deli offering fresh baked and healthy food all day long. There's an exciting new franchise offering coming there too. You'll maybe hear that uh, a bit later on. There's also a post office coming back to the area into that store. The first time there'll be a post office in that. In fact, there's not even a bank in that store in that area anymore. It's the first time there'll be a post office in more than 15 years. And there will be about 30 new uh, permanent jobs created in what will be about a 4 million investment in the area, probably when it's all totted up, um, which will transform the Crumlin Road and lower Old Park area. And the Wall Group team are working actually on some new opportunities too. And what a team they are. And I'm so proud of every one of them. And that's why I wanted to give it a shout out, a huge shout out to, to like Kieran and Rory and Helen and all the store managers uh, and the deputy manager. They're all absolutely fantastic. I just want to give them a wee shout out on this episode because they deserve it. But back to my day job at The Change. And that's what I really want to talk to you all about today. To try and inspire you to believe, to think big, to write down your gorilla goals and to chase after them, to make them come true. Now, at The Change, our goal is to make a genuine dent in the world, to lead a revolution through innovation, to show that enterprise can be a force for good, to help companies across the world transform and to be a leader in venture capital too. Now, we're bold enough to say that the target, we can be measured on it, there is a metric, is to create 10 billion of value in 10 years and if we do that, if we achieve that, the change will be the most successful and transformational company ever in Northern Ireland by a million freaking miles. Now, with three companies I mentioned briefly earlier on in the change group, that's firstly the change innovation services. Secondly, the change intellectual property, which is the vehicle in which we help transform companies from caterpillar to butterfly. And thirdly, the change venture capital, which basically does what it says on the tin. And it's interesting, um, the uh, the way of the one, two, and three that they've done, because it wouldn't always have been that way, um, the one, two, and three, the sequencing of the three there, and we'll talk a wee bit more about that later in the show. So let me walk you through what our scorecard says, because that's what I want to do. I want, I want transparency. I want a wee bit of light. I want to show you what's really going on behind the curtain as I lift the curtain for you today. What does our scorecard say? Well, we started with just two founders, myself and Andrew Cuthbert, absolute uh, genius and innovation maven. We started two years ago, and in fact, well, about a year ago, we were still just effectively two people. Um, but now we're a team of 12, probably going on to a team of 14 very soon. And I can actually see that really growing exponentially in the very near future. Now, our team are quite dispersed, um, this sort of... Um, uh, uh, working from home and working across Zoom, etc., is sort of working out quite well for us. We're based in Ireland, Northern Ireland, England, Luxembourg, Germany, and Turkey. So that that's probably unusual for a company from Northern Ireland. But we're based across all those countries. And the on the first limb on the innovation side of the business, essentially what we do is we carry out innovation reviews of companies to help uh, their key team members, to help their leaders understand and implement innovation better than they currently do. Uh, but secondly, to create an innovation strategy, we create an innovation strategy for them which can unlock non-debt and non-dilutive innovation funding. Now, this innovation funding, it comes in many different forms, such as grants, R&D tax credits, innovation grants, patent box, and many other forms. Now, Andrew, 
has done this work in the past across multiple uh, countries and also on huge projects. But in truth, it was it was actually barely it was barely a line of our original manifesto as a startup two years ago. There was barely a line in it. <laughs> it may have been two words. That was it. Innovation, but it wasn't really there. We were all about venture capital. And you'll have told me, if you go back and listen to the episodes, that's why I do chart this. That's why I leave the fucking breadcrumbs. Because um, there's no point. I don't want somebody interviewing me in five or ten years' time if we actually deliver ten billion value in ten years. And they say, what was it all about? And, uh, you know, I can tell any story I wanted. That's the, I want the breadcrumbs to have been there so everybody can go back and actually see the journey. So at the start, we were all about the venture capital. Innovation was a total afterthought. It was more of a byline. It was something that we do. Um, organically and, you know, from the heart. But venture capital was what it was all about. And this is a reminder to every founder that you never quite know where your journey will lead when you're offering what you're offering may not be what the market actually wants or needs. Um, and you have to be prepared to adapt and pivot. I know people hate that, hate that word pivot, but there's no other word for it. Uh, um, pivot at the right time if it's the right thing to do. So let me look at a few examples from, from history of that sort of pivot that I'm talking about. So, for instance, back in the, or not 1980s, back in the 1880s, a man named David McConnell, you've probably never heard of him. Sounds like he's from Northern Ireland, if I'm honest, he probably was his, his family. I'll have to actually look into that. Well, he was out selling books door to door in the United States. He was out selling books door to door and he brought a little uh, bit of perfume as a thank you gift for the female customers with him. And before long, he realised that the free gifts, the free bit of perfume, were more popular than the actual books. And that then became, he swapped his focus from books to perfume. He then created the California Perfume Company. And that later became what we all know today as Avon. So, by chance, he created a makeup and perfumery Goliath. By chance, having founded a book selling um, business door to door. Another wee one a decade later in the 1890s, a guy called William Wrigley Jr. Now, his name is probably given away what's coming next. He founded a company um, selling soap and baking powder. And he offered little enticements such as free gifts such as uh, chewing gum. Uh, on the side, and it turned out that his, co- his customers had no interest whatsoever in his soap and his baking powder, and all they wanted was the chewing gum. And the rest, as they say, is history. And a more recent example, one that we'll all know, uh, many of us will have in our homes, getting piped in every day on uh, on their on their monthly direct debit, is Netflix. And that started as a mail or a mail order uh, DVD company. Now it was a struggling minnow, and they were so desperate and so unlikely to survive that the founders Reed Hastings and Mark Randolph, and um, they asked the the giant blockbuster. Um, to buy them for 50 million just because they were desperate to get a way out and they knew they were very close to hitting the wall. And Blockbuster actually laughed them out of the room when they suggested this. Now, a couple of pivots later, they're a streaming site and they're now one of the largest entertainment and media production companies in the world. So they did a little pivot too. And whatever they started out selling wasn't what they actually sell. Now, now there are many, many more stories like this. But my point is this. What you think the market wants may not be what the market actually wants. Your job as a founder or entrepreneur is to be rese- uh, is to be resilient. I was going to say is to resell, is to be resilient, is to be open and to be adaptable when necessary. Now we thought we were just a venture capital company. 
That's what we thought we were. And as we heard pitches, we discovered that there were many companies out there that could benefit from our innovation-led approach. And that the approach, our innovation-led approach, it was like the wee freebie perfume or the freebie chewing gum that came along with Avon and Wrigley's. And the rest, as they say, is history. So I want to give you the numbers, some of the numbers on the door here uh, about the innovation side. From a standing start, our innovation services uh, company uh, is now pretty huge. It's actually pretty huge. I don't think you're actually going to believe this next piece. But from virtually zero six months ago, we have booked, just wait for this folks, we have booked about 150 to 200 million I'm being serious, about 150 to 200 million in past and future value for coming up to 40 clients now. So we've come up to 40 clients and we've booked 150 to 200 million in past and future value. And that's from scratch in six months from a little side hustle that wasn't even our main thing, from a little side hustle that was our giveaway, from a little side hustle that was our little bit of perfume or our little bit of chewing gum. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking insane. All done with a small team of fucking ninjas cranking this stuff out. That's up to 200 million of value derived by client companies from a standing start last year from their engagement with the change. We have clients in Ireland, UK, Denmark, Germany, the US and more in every industry you can fucking think of, including aerospace, automotive, software, laboratories, shipping, healthcare. I could go on and on and on. We actually must be one of the fastest growing businesses in Europe right now. And we're still under the radar unless you're listening to the fucking Speed Mentor podcast because only the walruses actually know. Now, any group of sane people any group of sane people would probably say to themselves, that's fucking amazing. Let's take a day or two off and celebrate our successes. But we don't do that here at The Change because the second limb of our company, the transformation side, has been really busy too. Now, on the transformation side of the business, which is driven by Andrew and Sarah, um, Sarah Doyle, who's our operations manager, absolutely, ama- absolutely amazing. They say when you... You know, the, your, the growth of your future business will be determined by the, the people that you hire early in your, in the growth, in the start, you know, start of your business. And we hired Sarah Doyle really as our first main hire. And it was one of the luckiest things we ever did, to be honest. Now, uh, we take, in relation to um, uh, what we're doing on transformation side, we take disruptive tech-focused businesses and high-growth sectors led by talented founders, and we help them with areas where they have gaps or they need uh, additional expertise, maybe to develop a product market fit or build a strategy or guide them in marketing, fundraise for them. And for that, we usually take sweat equity. Now, we also bring our network into play as additional support and they can help as advisors or mentors or as NEDs as and when required. Now, our portfolio of companies on the transformation side geographically is in the Republic of Ireland, um, Germany, Israel, England, Northern Ireland, and it's in sectors such as, and this is an unusual one, digital fractional horse ownership and equine health, uh, gigafactories, legal tech, fintech, medtech, smart energy. That's a really interesting one. Smart energy and AI solutions in the cement and aggregate sectors. Now, the value, because I do want to give you the scores on the doors, the value of the transformation and innovation we bring to each of these is harder to judge at this stage. Now, it's invaluable. 
It's invaluable. I suppose that means there is no value that you can or you can't put a value on it to the founders. Um, but it's harder to put scores on the doors. But we've helped one of them with uh, an idea, and they've now got a four million valuation that's been valued by external investment. We've also raised an angel round at two million. Another we're raising we're raising ten million at a thirty million valuation. Another we're raising one million at a five million post money valuation. Um, and it's it's difficult for me to name down and nail down in pounds, shillings, and pence. And in fact, that's not really what we're about. But I do want to try and give some sort of scores on the doors. Um, but I think what we'll do is we'll come back and we'll review this in about six months' time. And I will hopefully be able to give you more scores on the doors in relation to that stuff because it just hasn't quite um, crystallized yet. Okay. Now, again, this is a byproduct. All of this work is a byproduct of the original VC idea, the original venture capital idea. And it was the free gift to give away, just like the Wrigley's and the um, and the perfume. Now, we met the companies, we met these companies along the way. They weren't quite ready for free C money, but with a transfer transfusion of our innovative approach and transformation, um, we could see that we could help create them into significant disruptors and high growth companies and, and they believed in us too. Now, that leads me to our venture capital uh, business, the Change VC, which was the main limb of the change when it all started. Now, right back in those days, I remember them fondly, something feels like a lifetime ago, we were courageous. Perhaps we were a little naive about venture capital. Uh, there were a lot of known unknowns, but we didn't realise how many unknown unknowns there were that could trip us up along the way. Now, we had some successes. We had some amazing successes. We got fully authorised by the FCA as a venture capital fund to raise up to 500 million across Europe. That was really tough and it was a significant success. Then we thought we'd locked in our anchor investor for our first 50 million fund, a tech and science fund, uh, for it all to fall through at a very late stage. And that was really, really painful for us. In fact, it was actually a humbling experience given that we'd been, particularly me, you know what I'm like, <laughs> so upfront with things. We'd been so focal about our desire to establish or certainly be part of establishing a vibrant VC and startup ecosystem in this un underserved uh, region, Northern Ireland. Now, if you know anything about here in Northern Ireland, you'll know that there have been some seriously malig malignant forces in the VC space in Northern Ireland in the past. And we wanted to be in the vanguard of investing in people with ideas um, that have the potential to change the world and banish some of those uh, malignant forces. But anyway, it didn't happen the way we wanted, the way we'd visualised it, the way we planned it. But the innovation and the transformation was spawned from the afterbirth of our VC baby. And, do you want to know something? We're actually nursing our VC baby, our venture capital baby, to health. We're doing that quietly in the shadows. Now, it's taken its first steps, but we're being cautious. There's not going to be so much fanfare this time round. And we'll maybe just see it rise up in the future um, without you even realising that it's there. But the beauty, the beauty is that the success of the innovation and the transformation will give us time to deliver the venture capital. And make no mistake about it, the VC piece is a necessary element to successfully deliver the 10 billion of value in 10 years, which remains our gold standard of ultimate success. So, 
I hope you enjoyed that little look behind the curtain of the change today and even a little bit about what the wall group is doing. And that's it. That should be enough to reaffirm to you that all you have to do is apply the methods in the 170 previous episodes and you too could be selling chewing gum or perfume or innovation and transformation in a big way someday soon. One thing I know for sure is that the reviews continue to flow in for the Speed Mentor podcast and I'm so grateful for them and for all the downloads. So here's a shout out for a recent uh, five-star review titled Belfast Brilliance. And the review goes a little like this. Full of passion and delivered from the heart in a traditional Belfast style, Gavin hits you right between the eyes with his direct approach. You'll get the best of modern advice distilled into a podcast that is stronger than Irish Potching. Entertaining and thought-provoking with plenty of actionable ideas. Best of all, he's from Belfast. He's one of our own. I've just added that wee bit in there. He's one of our own. Anyway, big shout out to Michael Doherty for that review. Uh, hit Michael up if you have any need or any... If you want anything, he does a bit of uh, project management advice. And you hit him up, you'll find him on LinkedIn. Now, thanks very much for the review, Michael. Keep your reviews coming in, folks. And why don't you tag your businesses in your review? I'll give a shout out to you and your business too, right here on the show. Now, just before I go today, I thought it might be timely to remind you that it's only six short years since I was living in my sister-in-law's back bedroom, having been wiped out financially, lost my home, homeless, everything. Lost 50 homes, in fact, following the uh, property crash in 08. My wife and I and three kids lived in my sister-in-law's back bedroom for five whole years. So don't be afraid of where you are right now. That doesn't matter. It's where you're going to go that counts. And I'll be with you every fucking step of the way. And we'll do this journey together. Now, I'll definitely be doing it, as you've heard today. Whether you do or not, is your choice. I'm a man.